following podcast contains spoilers and words like fuck, fuck, and fuck. We watch it. We watch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. You've got Billy, and this week you've got an extremely, extremely special guest. I love this man. He's a great friend and a great patron of the show. It's David Powell. How you doing, mate? I am outstanding, Billy. How are you? <laughs> you are outstanding. I'm glad you recognize <laughs> it. And modesty is key to podcasting. <laughs> And this week, um, top-level patrons of the show get to not only request a movie, but get to come on as a guest. So tell the people what you've picked this week. This is your third time on the show. Yep, we're working our way through Tarsem Singh's filmography, um, chronologically. So third film is Immortals, his take on Greek legend. Yes, yes. Let's get into it then. Immortals is a 2011 American fantasy action film directed by, as we said, of course, Tarsem Singh. It stars Henry Cavill, Stephen Dorff, Luke Evans, John Hurt, Isabel Lucas, Kellen Lutz, Frida Pinto, Joseph Morgan, Daniel Sharman, and Mickey Rourke. Massive cast. And what is it about, Dave? We're loosely looking at the legend of Theseus, um, who, for those not Greek mythology nerds in their teens like me, um, <laughs> was the demigod who fought the Minotaur. Um, uh, that was kind of his big claim to fame. Um, but uh, in this version, uh, which is sort of... A mo- Tarsen called it a modernisation. I don't see that except possibly in style. Yep. Um, But he's taken the Theseus legend and sort of added other bits and pieces from Greek mythology. Um, You've got the Greek gods making cameo appearances. You've got Mickey Rourke as King Hyperion, who is wanting to basically take over the world because he hates everything. Um, You've got virgin oracles. You've got um, uh, priests. You've got uh, battles. You've got bloodshed. You've got... Uh, Titans imprisoned in Tartarus. You've got all. You've got it all. <laughs> you really do have everything. I, I reckon you're right. I reckon modernization is the wrong term because you hear that. Oh, I don't know. I hear that, and I think of like Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, well, that's what Carson compared it to, and I don't we've got, really. Apart, apart from the fact that Baz Luhrmann's The Antichrist and Romeo and Juliet's fucking horrible. <laughs> um, it's it, it, yeah. I, it's not that. If it was yeah. that, it would be Theseus would be living in Hell's Kitchen in New York, and exactly King Hyperion would be some Wall Street hedge fund manager. <laughs> <laughs> now that movie, I want to see, <laughs> especially if they keep the swords. Yeah. So let's get straight into this then. So obviously, you know, we've spoken about Tarsem twice before. You obviously were already a fan of Tarsem by this point. Twenty eleven. You've seen the fall. You've seen the cell. Yep. Did, did you go into Immortals because it was a Tarsum film? Or, like, tell me about the first time you saw I this. I only saw it moderately recently. And I'm saying, yeah. you know, leaving aside the greyness of COVID, moderately recently probably means about eight years ago or something. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I didn't see it when it came out in cinemas. Um, I came did anybody? across it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it certainly didn't get... Uh, well, none of his films have sort of got rave reviews, but it, it's yep. uh, it certainly kind of got tarred with a, oh, it's just a 300 knockoff yeah. um, brush. Um, but as I said, I, I was uh, always a big mythology fan, whether it's Norse, Greek, 
Roman, yeah. you, you name it. Um, and I've got a real soft spot for any films that touch on that. I'll, I'll even watch the shitty remakes of Clash of the Titans with yeah. fucking Sam devoid <laughs> of personality um, <laughs> just because of the, the, the subject matter. Um, I'm one of the few people that likes Gods of Egypt. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I didn't know about this when it came out at the movies, but when I came, I think I came across it in a review of Gods of Egypt, actually, um, sort of going, oh, you know, it's yet another attempt to make a big glitzy mythology movie and yep. again, you know, failing miserably. Um, so I think challenge accepted and yep. sorted out. And I went, okay, it's not perfect. It's certainly not up with the fall, yeah. but visually, it's it's not boring. There's a lot going on. It's it, yeah. I, certainly in, I enjoy the mythology aspects of it. Some of the scenes yeah. are fucking breathtaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, it came to it quite late, but I, you know, straight away I could see the the Tarsum, um yeah. touch. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you're you're right. Visually, this is as beautiful as his other films. Roger Ebert called this the best looking awful film ever made, <laughs> which I, I think it's, is I a like bit that. harsh. <laughs> I don't think it's awful, but yeah, I, more than probably any of his others, it's it is a little bit of style over substance. Yeah, and I think yeah. part of that comes from. I mean, he's kind of a, a director for hire almost. Um, he didn't write it. He didn't produce it. Um, he was engaged because he was a visual stylist and yeah, it was a subject yeah. matter that, that lent itself to that. And, I mean, he, to his credit, he took it and ran with it and he and insisted on doing it his way and it is his film. Yeah. But um, the the shortcomings, I think, a lot of them come down to the script. 100%. Um, yeah. And when you sort of... I'm going to butcher their name, but they are Greek. Um, Charlie, and I think it's Vlas, and I want to say Palapanidis. It's it's something oh, that's, something like that. Yeah, it, looking it, at Wikipedia, <laughs> I reckon that's that sounds right. Um, <laughs> and I, I will put. I, I know nothing about these boys, but I will yeah. put money on the based on that name that they are Greek. Yeah, um, and the other couple of things that I read that they sort of did. They've got an animated. Um, I think a Netflix series, maybe that I think is yeah, also right. based on Greek mythology, and okay, um, yeah. it's obviously that you know that their heritage, and and they've yeah. decided they want to make this thing. Um, so yeah, not a lot of experience when it comes to writing, and I think that that comes yeah. through. Um, yeah, you've got fairly yeah. threadbare characters. By the yeah. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm with you though. I think anything of this kind of grandeur, and and I I also love Greek mythology. In fact, any kind of fantasy. I, I'm the guy who enjoys the early 2000s Dungeons and Dragons film. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like I think I was always going to like this film to an extent. You know what I love about Greek mythology is that there is a god for everything. You know, it's like yeah. the saints. How there's a saint for. Anything you can think of. Like, one of my favorite things was when I found out, obviously, you know, there's Prometheus, yep. who is like, you know, the, the god of knowledge and stuff. He has a brother, Epimetheus, who is the god of afterthought and excuses. Oh, I and I, I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get straight into this then. Um, 
let's let's start on the cast because it is a, a massive, massive cast. Um, you mentioned the screenplay being a bit weak. I feel like most of the performances are as well, especially given the kind of calibre of the actors. D- do you feel the same way? Yeah. Well, I mean, if we go through them, I mean, you've got Mickey Rourke, who half the time seems to be phoning it in, half the time seems <laughs> to be just drunk and chewing the scenery. But, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy him in this. Um, Cavill... Uh, we, uh, I don't think was known for anything other than Tudors at this point. Yeah, I was so going to say. It's I a was, yeah. weird flex casting-wise to go, yeah, that guy from the period drama, that's who we want to play Theseus <laughs> and have his shirt off most of the time. Um, because, yeah, it's Superman came after this. I think he'd started filming yes. Superman when they were in post on this. Um, I mean, he is a gorgeous man, though. I, he, I mean, he- he, I think, is great in this. Uh, he, yeah. He's such a presence when he's on screen, particularly yeah. doing any of the action type stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, you go, oh, yeah, I can see that dude as Superman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, and it surprises me, going through Tarsum's filmography now, obviously I had never seen any of his films before you and I started doing this, and he is a very, very visual director, but it is one of those things where you look at it and go, that's a weird choice for an action film. You know, like I remember it was the same thing when Mark Webb was picked out to do Amazing Spider-Man. And I'm like, really? The 500 Days of Summer guy? Like that seems like an odd choice. And at least there you can kind of see the connection because, uh, you know, Spider-Man at its core is kind of a teen yeah, romance. And I'm assuming extent. the producers in, in, in the case of Webb were like, we don't want to just have an action guy. We want to really focus yeah. in on him and um, trying to think. Uh, Major Spider-Man, it wasn't MJ. It was Gwen Stacy, wasn't it, in that one? But, that, yes, um, yeah. Emma Stone, yeah. Th- th- like, that relationship and, and the tragedy that comes at the end of it, yeah. we need someone yeah. that can handle that and an action director possibly couldn't yeah. do it justice. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll get a guy that can do that and then we'll just – fill his team with stunt people and CG people. Well, and and that's right, because so much of action films generally, it, like it's a it's a team exercise, really. Like you said, there's choreographers, there's the cinematographer plays a huge role. Yeah. Whereas I think that's what I find weird about this is that Tarsim is such a visionary director that you feel his DNA across an entire film. And I think what he adds to a film... I, I don't really quite see the connection between him and this movie. Like, does that make sense to you? Yeah, and I think, again, it, it's a weird sort of Frankenstein of a movie in, in a sense because the uh, uh, Charlie and Vlas, uh, uh, Greek brothers, I, I think were the producers as well. I think this is kind of their baby and they um, yeah. went out, sourced funding, did whatever they did. Um they obviously saw something. I'm assuming it was probably the fall. And yeah, yeah. went, okay, this guy's un- got a unique vision. We don't want to yeah. make another 300. We want this to be its own thing. So we'll get a guy who is going to be give it a completely unique look. Um, and I'm assuming that's why they went the way they did. Yeah, yeah. And that does make sense. I mean, the fall, so much of it. Again, it's not an action, but so much of it is this kind of epic. It is. It's um, got a very ancient mythological fantasy. feel to it. 
Yeah, you're right. And so this this does tie in nicely to that, I guess. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, who else have we got cast-wise? We've got a little Stephen Dorff in there, who's a very odd pick to be a shirtless Greek. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Morgan, who I know from being a tragic Vampire Diaries fan. Um, That's as right. I you said, are a Vampire I Diaries am a, fan. I am a tragic fan of that entire franchise, all three series. Love them to Wait, bits. there are three series? What You've are the got, other ones? Oh, see, this is the blessing of COVID. <laughs> I, I binge the fuck out of these. Um, there's, I think, seven or eight years of Vampire Diaries. It's like 170 wow, episodes. Wow, I didn't episodes, it was that long. Uh, which I did in about a month and a half. Um, yeah. Then you've got a spin-off series called The Originals, which follows the original vampires. Um, yeah. And the sort of main character of that is- um, Klaus Michelson, who is Jeffrey Morgan, who plays Lysander in in this film, yeah. um, and cops a sledgehammer to the ghoulies that made me <laughs> wince. Um, and then you've got another spin-off that follows the kids called Legacies, which just wrapped its fifth season. And there's five seasons wow, of right. Legacies, so, uh, originals. So, 10, I ha- about 18 years total of TV. Wow. I have to ask you this, because just last week I recorded an episode with Gerald Morris of Two Peas in a Pod on the top five spooky TV series. I'm waiting now, no, for that. No, no spoilers, because, yeah, it hasn't dropped yet. It comes out start of October. But I have to ask you this, then. It's going to be a Buffy What's a better show? <laughs> it is. What, what, what's better, Vampire Diaries or Buffy? Surely you've got to go Buffy, All right. right? Are you listening, Paul? <laughs> Vampire are Diaries you- isn't that good, is it? Are you listening, Paul Frazula? <laughs> Um, in terms of, and it is difficult because um, Buffy obviously is such a monumental milestone in sort of genre TV. Oh my god, you're going to say that you prefer Vampire Diaries? <laughs> I, if I had to, I, I'm, I'm, I've just started watching because I watched all three Legacies with my um, eldest daughter who's 14. Yeah, and we're just starting on Teen Wolf and, and Buffy now. Buffy's still great. Yeah. But you, you feel the age of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's so it's true, an unfair sure. comparison in that point of view. I, I, yeah. I mean, I can't in good conscience say that anything is better than Buffy in yeah. terms of a TV I'm show glad with vampires you said in that. it. Um, <laughs> yeah. In fact, I, I t- probably preferred Angel over Buffy, even. Um, yeah. Just okay, the, yeah. the age I was, because I'm an old fucker, I'm older than you. <laughs> um, and it was it was that just that little bit older in terms of its. Um, Comedy and 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 yeah and and yeah. tone, so yeah. But and he'll never do it. But I challenge Paul not to enjoy Vampire Diaries because I reckon if you like Buffy, you will like Vampire Diaries. It's it's okay. similarly where Joss Whedon's strength is on dialogue and personality writing. Yeah, he's not a particularly good world builder. The, the world of Buffy is fairly threadbare. There's not a big group detailed mythology. Yeah, you're right. You've got it's, the it's, more of a pre- it's a premise-based show. It's yeah. like sh- she's there, she's the one, and that's kind of basically that's kind it. Of it. Then there's yeah, just there's, vampires. There's, yeah. Whereas Vampire Diaries still has some of the sort of pop culture and humour and whatever, uh, but there's a lot more, and it's a different sort of style of show in that sense. The, the mythology of the world is a lot more fleshed out, yeah. uh, which I did yeah. enjoy. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Back to Tell me, was, which I- <laughs> <laughs> enough of the team YA crap. <laughs> um, 
Okay, well, I guess let's let's get to the script by by our boys Charlie and Vlas. Um, because I was reading that apparently, and you told me something similar with the fall, where there basically for a lot of the film was no script. Um, my understanding from reading is that a similar thing happened here, where there at least was no script until Cavill was already on board, and even at that point, it was very loose right through filming. Um, which I find interesting. You you would yeah, think yeah. with a story that's kind of an epic like this, you'd think that would have to be a bit more fleshed out. And honestly, I think you can feel that in the film. Like you yeah. mentioned at the start that you think the, the screenplay is the weakest part. Yeah. I have to agree. I'm not going to lie. It could have been the stout, but I found <laughs> this movie confusing, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's- – and I, th- I'm just trying to think. I, I vaguely recall um, Tarsum saying something in, in an interview uh, where he, he and Cavill were at a festival or something, and he had changed changed something fairly significant, really late in the piece. Yeah, and um, it was he was talking about it to the whatever TMZ or whatever interviewer was there and you could see Cavill next to him just desperately trying to keep a yeah you <laughs> fucking killed me with that <laughs> look <laughs> off his face <laughs> like, um, you know, I got a sense that it was all a little bit fly by the seat of your pants I get the sense that a lot of his films are like that to be honest where yeah yeah he's got a and he, he, he said uh, with reference to Immortals that he had this image in his head of Caravaggio style imagery, but Fight Club. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, which I well, think that, that when, makes when sense. you see yeah, those um, yeah. kind of Sistine Chapel ceiling type shots of all the gods fighting in the sky, it is yeah, it's a Caravaggio yeah. painting. But yeah. there's blood flying everywhere. There's people being impaled. There's heads being lopped off. <laughs> it's, it's violent as fuck. Um, so I think that's he had the tone and, and just a general visual sense first. Yeah, and then I, th- I think I think his style is then to go. Okay, well, how do I put a story in that kind yeah. of tapestry? Yeah, um, yeah. I, which I think you're and suck to be an actor, but <laughs> and I think that does tend to happen with very visionary, pe- like people who do. Yeah, like maybe see the look first, or um, you know, like you can. I feel like you can feel it in some films where a scene feels out of place, and you can go, oh, "Okay, the screenwriter or the director clearly had that idea, and was like, oh, yeah, that's that's gonna be great. That's gonna look really, really good.' And haven't quite thought about how it actually fits into the yep. piece as a whole yet. I love this. And- I love this visual. It's staying no matter what. I don't care if it fits. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of directors yeah. need to adhere to that. Kill your darlings. Yeah, learn how to lose things no matter how much they love them. Yeah, and I do think that this is, of the three Tarsum films that we've watched now, uh, I mean, I I still think that The Fall is probably visually more interesting, but this is a very nice-looking film. Oh, any time Luke Evans is on screen as Zeus, it's fucking jaw-dropping stuff. Yeah. The way, and I think- Almost everything else is almost suffers by comparison because those scenes with the gods and with the Titans are spectacular. Yes. And yeah. it kind of makes everything else pale a little bit in comparison. I mean, Cavill's got some awesome scenes. 
he's got a great thing where he runs and throws a spear to save his mum. And yeah, th- you know, there's some beautiful shots, but nothing really compares to sort of Zeus coming down in a bolt of lightning and then sort of slow motion salt flying off the ground and then all of this those sort of slow mo fight scenes with the Titans is that's amazing looking stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. In terms of um, this content, like this subject matter, you know, you spoke about your love of Greek mythology and stuff. Um, I mean, this is right up there in the pantheon, no pun intended, of um, like the best looking of of these kind of films. Yeah, I think um, I prefer this the visual style of those fight scenes to the stuff in Three Hundred. I'm not saying this is a better film than Three Hundred. Yeah. Um, but those. V- sort of vignettes of, of the gods fighting the Titans or the gods fighting humans, I yeah. think, I think t- for me, are better looking than any of the stuff in 300. I think the thing about a film like 300 is it has a, it has a very uh, unique style, obviously, but it's not unique to 300. It's a Frank Miller style. Yes, it's, it, it, um, it's, it, it's the comic yeah, exactly. Life. And and so it's not necessarily really capturing what I think a visual style of this, yeah, this mythology kind of looks like. Yeah. Um, whereas this is an interesting one because Tarsum, you know, we've spoken so much about his visuals, but I think the really interesting thing about it is I, I don't think you'd be able to pick a Tarsum film out of a lineup because I think he very uniquely looks at the subject matter and matches the visuals to that. Like, the yeah. cell looks very different to the fall, which looks very different to this. I think this and the fall, like you said, have some similarities, both being that kind of epic, grandeur fantasy. But, I th- but I even think, then, they're very different looking I think I think the only thing that you would be able to go, that's a Tarsum thing, is not because of him, it's because he's used Aiko Ishioka on the costumes for all of them. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. Could, I could pick her work. But you're right, yeah, it's, he, he is... He he looks at the subject matter and goes, "What's a what's a cool visual way to approach yeah. this?" Yeah, I mean, well, should we get should we get to the costumes then? Because I know what a massive fan you are. You sent me a picture um, early in the week <laughs> yeah. of a book that just rocked up at your place. Yeah, oh, I'm a big fan of hers. I, I think costume wise, she's about the most exciting person who's ever worked in film. Yeah, um, across. Bram Stoper's Dracula, the the Tarsum films, the, the the costumes are just so unique and so incredible. The the works you did on the gods in particular, yeah, it would yeah. be so easy to look goofy. And I mean, Poseidon does all to a, a little bit, but they still yeah. look kind of awesome. Yeah, it's I it's think that's elevated just that little bit, and you know, Ares could have just had some spikes on his hat, but no, no, they're like four yeah. foot long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Not only would it be easy for them to look kind of goofy, it would just be, you know, it's like so. I, I often find it surprising when you see, you know, like best costumes at the Oscars or something, and it's almost always a period piece. Yeah. And you're like, really? Like, what kind of costuming is really involved there? Because you're it's not just a costumer, like, you're a seamstress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like- You're not you know, designing you just, anything. That you, was all done putting, 300 years ago. <laughs> exactly. You're putting them in the clothes people wore at the time. And- with a fantasy like this where the subject matter is so established, it's it's almost easy to go, and well, what work is it? You know, you, like, it's easy to- You could throw these people- You could walk into, you know, like a D&D store. Like, hey, you know, just gra- grab a, people, a group clots, of people please. LARPing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you're right. It's, it's elevated. This mm. isn't just that. This is 
Even down to, you know, it's Theseus, so we need to have a minotaur. But it's not a minotaur. It's a guy in like a giant bull helmet thing that's kind of half made of barbed wire. It's half made of sheets of metal and gold. And, you know, everything is twisted from what you would expect it to be. Yes, yes. But but not so far removed that it's... Like, it's funny. I wouldn't call this like a... This isn't a subversion on you know the the greek fantasy epic like this no. this is you know a fairly straight this this is kind of like you know it's a modern day jason and the argonauts it's it's a like a a real typical kind of but yeah it's just elevated and that's what's awesome yeah. about it joe schmo who just happens to look like henry cavill tapped on the shoulder <laughs> and told you all you're the guy that's gonna have to go up against the forces of evil and you know by the way you know you might be half the son of a god but um, yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, he, he follows that course just as Sam Worthington would, you know, a few yeah. years later. It's it is following that very traditional Greek mythology tale structure. Yeah, but it all just looks that little bit different. Yeah, geez, I would. I mean, I am a Joe Schmo, but geez, I would love to look like him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a ridiculous specimen of humanity. As is oh. as is Frida Pinto. My God, that woman's oh. beautiful. She is, and and she's a fantastic actress as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she she's actually really. I I really like the way those oracles are presented. I think in terms of actual interhuman relationship and and, and having a little bit of emotional content, I think that's about the best representation in this film. Even more yep. than Henry Cavill and her. Because yep. Cavill and, and Stephen Dorff and that, you know, there's a little bit of camaraderie, but this, you know, you don't really get any sense of bonding between any of those guys. Yeah, What you get is those four, um, you know, the Virgin Oracle and her four sisters and the yep. bond between those, which I thought was, was quite well um, depicted. And yep. when the other three of them sort of refused to give her up and meet their fate, in the in the, the battle bull, um, that scene's quite harrowing when they realise yeah. what the sounds they're hearing inside the the metal bull are and open it up. Yeah. What did you? Th- I mean, what 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 did you think of Mickey Rourke in this? I I, <laughs> I I like Mickey Rourke. I I think you're. I think he's. I I think he's having fun with it when he when he's trying and when he's chewing the scenery. Yeah. I think that's when he's at his best. I do think there's a lot of the movie, like you said early on, where it does feel like he's phoning it in. I, I don't think he th- he thought of this as a serious job. I think he it's a paycheck yeah. that he thought was silly enough that he'd enjoy himself with a bit of dress up and he'd just go, you know, over the top yeah. and do some scenery. Definitely. I never get yeah. the sense that he's he thinks this is going to be a good film. <laughs> no, no, no. He's but, like, and- this is a fucking piece of trash. I'm just going to have fun with it. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think that, that that's when he is at his best, when he is just having fun with it. Mm. Um, it's so hard whereas- to believe that Mick, this Mickey Rourke is nine and a half weeks Mickey Rourke, that that's yeah. the same sexiest man in the world. <laughs> I know. Most There's grizzled n- piece of saddle leather. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing sexy about Mickey Rourke, let no. me say that. That, box, that, that, that sojourn in boxing <laughs> took its toll big time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're probably right. I think, you know, there are some actors, especially I think once they have reached that caliber and, and that length of career like Mickey Rourke, 
where it is a little bit of like, oh, yeah, I'll do this one. And you don't necessarily have to try. Whereas I think you're right. Henry Cavill is very good in this film. And like you said, it's it's as far as I can remember his first movie role. Yeah. Um, so he was probably giving it everything he had. <laughs> yeah. Can you how How, I mean, they say that looks don't necessarily matter, but he went from period British TV. Yeah. This Superman. Yeah. Even it's Christopher crazy. Reeve had a few years before he got oh. to put the suit on. Especially when you consider especially <laughs> when you consider that this movie wasn't a hit. No. Like not at all. That that's the crazy thing about this is And that, he and he got know, Superman before this hit theaters. Really? Wow. Yeah, because I, I there was that that interview where he and Tarson were um doing the rounds at whatever festival or, or convention or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Immortals hadn't been released and he was already, he was taking a break from filming Superman. Wow. Like he'd, he'd already got the part because they were, they, they mentioned it in the. Um, God. So he got it off Tudors. <laughs> yeah. Think how different life would be if we were pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we could be Superman instead of sitting here talking into microphones about Superman because nobody wants to actually look at us while we True. talk about Superman. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're Superman with heads for radio. <laughs> the thing that I, th- I, I... Yes, visually, it's all... The, 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 the um, fight scenes with the gods are all amazing. But I think the thing that really hooked me is it was one of the first times, if not the first time, that I'd seen something depicted on screen that really made me appreciate how strong these supernatural beings were. So if you think to like more recently, something like the boys does it as well, where if the flash hits someone running at full speed, yes, they'll fucking explode. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it, it, before this, if you had a, you know, Hercules fighting a mortal, They'd win, but it'd be a fist fight. That's yeah. not realistic. This yeah. guy can, you know, lift tons and tons and tons of weight. He's got godlike strength. When he punches you, your fucking head would come off. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the the scenes with the gods fighting, suddenly it was like, okay, I get the sense that they're moving faster than the human eye can see because they're gods. And when they yep. hit you, they're hitting you so hard that you're fucking exploding. Yeah, yeah. And and the, yeah. the the sense of Tarsum really managed to convey just how powerful these fucking beings are in those yeah. fight scenes. It was and and that's I think what I was just like. Oh wow! Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. He conveys that speed and that strength without it looking like fucking Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Just like streaky mess, yep. and it's like, oh yeah, that's time. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And for me, that adds that takes so much weight off things like visual effects instantly, because half the battle of good visual effects is getting it to look like there's weight to it, getting it to look like there's impact. Mm. And you're right, you, they. You don't have to work as hard on that kind of stuff when the story kind of gets that across already. Like if these guys punch something, boom. <laughs> yeah. When when yeah. um 
I don't have the eye, obviously, that you do for this, but it, to me, it, it it came down to very being very very clever with the way they slowed and sped up time. Yeah, with those scenes, sort of slowing things and then speeding them up to just the right moment so that you get this that sense yes. of impact yep. um, on things. Uh, when Poseidon come, comes down to breaking Zeus's rules and comes down like a, you know, in, and, and basically causes a tsunami because he hits the water so hard, which looked fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, that really had a sense of impact. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looked incredible. You're right. I think the speed is much more of a, a ramp within shots where it kind of moves on a curve. Like it goes from slow to fast within the same shot rather than like what you would see in a Zack Snyder film where it's like the the, the speeds are timed shot to shot. Yeah. Um, and I think that creates a much greater sense of impact. You know, it's similar to, you know, I know that he's a notorious flog, but I will always defend Mel Gibson as a director. And- I'm a huge fan of Man Without a Face. Oh, and yeah, Unsung what he did, yeah, masterpiece. What what he did in Braveheart with those action scenes by I don't know if you know this, but just he did things like he cut out one or two frames just before like impact on things, just to give that real kind of quick like sharp, and it just see that's it's the a sort genius maneuver. Love to hear. Oh, that's that. Yeah. That's that's the spark of genius, and whether it's him or the editor or. Yeah, you know, yeah. Who who knows? But someone thought to do it. Yes, and it's yep. it's not a logical thing to do. I mean, yeah, maybe if you're in the biz, it, it's a kind of you know, it's the Smith. Smith did it fifty yeah. years ago, and it's called the Smith. You take two frames out. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But yeah. to me, it's not a logical thing to do. That's the mark of yeah. a genius filmmaker to to think yeah. of doing something like that. Oh, when someone gets a move named after them, I mean, that's cool stuff. Well, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, like, that's, that's the, that, you, you, you yeah. might as well retire after that. It's funny, though. It's like the Zolly <laughs> shot, which I've now seen referred to so many times as the Spike Lee shot, um, because he famously uses it at the end of most of his films. And it's like, dude, Hitchcock invented that. <laughs> like, Hitchcock was doing, why aren't we calling that the Hitchcock zoom? <laughs> but no, it's the Spike Lee shot. I mean, good, good for Spike. I love his movies, but, you know, credit, uh, yeah, credit. If we do. If we do that, probably half the things that any director's doing are going to be called the Hitchcock. Well, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, when you so, see when you see the um, Zeus or, or Ares or, or Athena, I'm speaking of acting. The one thing yeah. I'll point out: fucking what's the name? Aussie girl as Athena. Fuck, she's terrible. She's <laughs> fucking awful. Uh, Isabel Lucas? Yes, one of the Home and yeah. Away actors. Um, yes, yeah. She's awful. But when you I see mean, most things fighting. to come out of Home and Away are pretty <laughs> awful. Well, didn't, isn't that where Thor, didn't Thor come out of there? Yeah, Guy Hemsworth P- did Guy, all right. Oh, no, Guy Pierce was Neighbours. Guy Pierce oh, was Neighbours, Oh, God, fuck, Julian yes. McMahon was Home and Away. Yes, Home and Away <laughs> is the, where those shit ones come from. Neighbours is where the Absolutely shit ones come from. Absolutely it is. Neighbours is where the legends come from. Yep, like Jason man, Donovan, Guy take a bow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kylie Minogue, let's Kylie, get her back yep. in more things. And who who do I love from DOA? Uh, oh god, she's fucking beautiful. Um, I cannot forget Margot Robbie. <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So neighbors is where the good ones come yeah. from. And Home and away who's, is the. Who's ship Rogue ones. Traders? What's what's her name? Uh, oh, what, what 
Yes, yes. Natalie Basingthwaite. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aussie soap operas, people. That's where all the best actors <laughs> in the world come from. <laughs> yeah, no, just, so I was just picturing in my head that one of those got uh, fights between the, I think it's the gods and the titans, and just that sort of slow-mo striking the body, and then it speeds up. And just yep. the sense of impact that that gives. And then when obviously the yes. body explodes into the CG blood, you sort of go, well, of course it did. I saw how hard it hit. Yeah, absolutely. The <clears> one <throat> thing that I, w- I want to say before we move on, I and let me let me say, I, I did enjoy this film. I didn't love it. I don't think it's up there with the other two we've watched oh, so far, but I, 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 I had I, fun with it. When I was rewatching this, I was like, why did I say chronologically? We should have finished, <laughs> we should have finished with the fall. Yeah. We, we've peaked and, and it's it's all diminishing returns. Well, I mean, it's not diminishing returns. The next, uh, Mirror Mirrors, uh, I, I love to bits, but, yeah, I was like, why the fuck didn't I say we did before last? <laughs> but, yeah, so I did enjoy this film, but watching it, it's one of those movies for me, and this happens every now and then, where I watch a movie and at the end I go, who was that movie for? You know, like, there's a lot of movies that you can watch and you can picture the demographic, and this this is one of those weird ones where I'm like, I kind of don't understand how this got made. Because, like, in a lot of ways, it's, like we said, it's a fairly standard action film to an extent. But then you throw in Tarsima's visuals, which kind of really elevate it. And it just feels like this weird mishmash for me where I'm like, I kind of don't know who the target audience for this is. Is that is that just me? No, well, I mean, I think I think it got made because three hundred was a success. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I think three hundred has a very targeted kind of adult demographic. I think, and I guess this does as well to an extent. Like there's there's quite a bit of gore in it, but I don't think it's going for that same adult demographic. So I just yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it was very much. These guys wanted to tell the Greek mythology story because they're Greek. 300 had just come out. It was a massive success. They approached the um, producers, said, oh, we want to produce this. Can you help us out? Let's make a thing. Yeah. Um, and that was it. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, when was the first of those Sam Worthington Titans ones? I feel like, oh, man. Yeah, you, you're probably right. 2010. So the year before this. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, well, there you go. Yeah, Greek yeah. mythology was flavoured as you were after 300. Yeah. And, you know, they saw an opportunity to yeah. jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. And then- I mean, and, and this this is better received than Clash of the Titans was, so- <laughs> Well, Henry, Which, uh- Henry Cavill's head and shoulders above Sam Worthington. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wikipedia is telling me that uh, Clash of the Titans was 27% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average score of 4.3. Ouch. Ooh. I mean, you know, At we least all know this, Rotten this Tomatoes is like a six on IMDb or something. It's not yeah. dire. Yeah. It's just not particularly strong. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that brings us over. Let, let's. How are you scoring Immortals dumb. on a scale of 10? If Vampire Diaries is a 10. <laughs> <laughs> How does this Which stack it up is? to Vampire um, Diaries? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I I can't in good conscience go above maybe a six. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's yeah. better than a pass mark purely for those battle scenes with the gods, which I think are spectacular. 
but it's like it's it's not his best work. Let's yeah. be honest. It's 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 style over substance all the way. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I'm a six out of ten. I, like you, I think that there's plenty that, for me at least, make this a worthwhile watch. Like, hey, it's not this boring. Is not, no, this is not one of those movies where you sit there and go, oh, "I wish I hadn't watched that." Mm. Um, it, totally fun watch. Some really good stuff about it. Um, so yeah, six out of ten. Mm. I think. I th- it, it's. Oh, I don't. I don't think it's definitely his weakest. Entry of the yep. five films that he's done. A five? I thought they were only four. No, no, we've got a Ryan Reynolds film at the end. Are you kidding me? Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. And and what's, Sir Ben Kingsley. What's this one? It's called Selfless. Self, right. Selfless. There's a fucking slash in the middle of it. So I've yes. Self, I, I recall the poster. Yeah. It's, Interesting. It's, it's an odd one because it, it has none... It's a beautiful looking film, but it has none of the visual panache or anything. It's it's quite different. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Well, now I know um, we've got two to look forward to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining me, mate. This is always awesome. a pleasure. It's always lovely to chat with you. Is there anything at all that you'd like to plug, throw out into the world, anything? Oh, everyone in the world needs to be watching Evil so that they don't fucking cancel it the way they cancel everything that I fall in love with. Evil is about the best show on TV, I reckon, at the moment. So, Really? Oh, it is fantastic. I'll add it to the watch list. Yeah. No, it's it's you will not regret it. It's it's news could like like it too. It's 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 got some supernatural stuff, it's got some horror, yeah. but it's got a lot of humor in there as well. Yeah, nice. It's got everything. Um, well, we are super behind on our TV watching news. Can I just started watching Succession? Yeah, I know. Night. I heard that. So you, you, you'll get to this in about a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are so far behind. <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me. Oh, what did you What was it? You were talking about- It was when you were talking about Serial Mum and you were both like yeah. scratching your heads going, where do we know Kathleen Turner from? Something from our- Yes. Youth. Romancing the fucking stone. Oh my! Oh yes! I, was, I loved romance. I'm driving discovery. in my car today. I'm screaming at the radio. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have not seen that movie in a long time. Actually, that's probably worth a revisit. Yeah, that Jewel, yeah. Jewel of the Nile, less so. But Romancing the Stones, a great, yeah. great adventure. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Serial Mum was actually a lot of fun. It's good. It's one of my. It's probably my second favorite. John Waters after Crybaby? Yeah, right, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I love Crybaby. Johnny Depp in a musical. It doesn't get better than that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's all his same soap stable of Ricky Lake and all the same <laughs> yeah. actors he's had in the last 10 films, Hairspray, Crybaby. Yeah. But they're all, it's all the same stable and then just chuck in a couple of big A-grade actors like Kathleen Turner and, <laughs> hey, mainstream yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, next week I will be joined by Joey from So Wizard Podcast and we're going to be talking about The Room. Oh, <laughs> Another straight-up no. classic. Yes, Joey's choice. I said, mate, pick any movie you want. He said, my favourite film is The Room. So Not that's room. what we're going to be Not getting room. to. The room. Not Room. Wow. The Room. Jo- Actually, yeah, no, yeah. why am I surprised? Tommy Wiseau. Have you had Joey on before? <laughs> I've not had Joey on before. Yeah, I like Joey. 
Yeah, so this will this will be good fun. Uh, and then the week after that, all going well, I'll be joined by DT from Space Castle looking back at the OG Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, so, I mean, tell you what, we've got a fun couple of weeks coming up here if we watch the thing. So. Outstanding. <laughs> all right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find me on... Fuck. How... I've done this like 300 times. Uh if you want to use it, you can do the wewatchthing.com or wewatchthing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthing. If you want to help support the show like David does, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthing, and I'll catch you next week. Go watch evil. You're still here? The, the show's over. Go home. Go. But if you can't get enough of We Watch to Thing, why don't you check out our Patreon page? There's tons of behind-the-scenes content, heaps of bonus episodes. You can get full, unedited videos of each episode recording. You can pick a movie for me to do on the show, or even come and join me while I talk about it. So why don't you head over to patreon.com forward slash we watch to thing. Go watch a movie.